All right, Andre, uh, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. First things first, how are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Can you give us a brief overview of Major Moment and your musical background? Yeah, absolutely. So Major Moment uh, is a Boston-based rock band uh, that combines uh, not only influences from different cultures, but also people who... Uh, you know, or their, their origins are from different cultures and different countries as well, like mine, for example. And, um, you know, I'm from Russia originally. So is my uh, wife, who is a, a female singer in the band as well. Mm -hmm. We have a, a drummer who is uh, who was born in Venezuela and then moved to Guatemala and then moved to the States. So, um, And a couple guys are uh, born in America. So we're truly international blend. Very multicultural. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And well, what about yourself? How did you kind of get started in music? Well, uh, you know, I was involved in uh, different music-related activities since I was uh, a young kid, mm. I guess. Both of my parents uh, finished uh, music school. Uh, they didn't finish it, uh, you know, to to have a career uh, as a musician but rather you know as a pleasure i guess as a hobby yeah on on a more professional level if you know what i mean so and and they both play instruments and they sing uh, so i was exposed to music from early age you know starting uh, especially with my dad being um, a huge fan of like western music uh, like the bands like the Beatles, for example. Oh, okay, yeah. He's a huge Beatle maniac. And, uh, you know, all classic rock uh, stuff. And then I kind of got uh, slowly... Uh, I slowly became a fan of, like, more of an alternative style of music. Uh. Um, starting with probably, like, early 2000s, late... 90s you know uh, I wasn't that much of a fan of like grunge movement at the time but what became after that like new metal mm. obviously bands like Linkin Park uh, Limp Bizkit uh, you know Avril Lavigne was mm. there was always one of my favorite ones um, you know and so yeah and uh, it kind of became uh, apparent that uh, I wanted to do music on a different level I didn't know what to do back then, you know, and how am I going to do back then? I was living in Russia, um, you know, up until the age of 20. Um, and so, you know, I had this dream that, you know, one day I might move to the States and, uh, you know, do something music-wise. And little did I know, <laughs> this dream would become true one day. Yeah. Uh, I started learning English when I was a little kid, right? And... Uh, here we are talking about the video games, but actually video games played a huge part in uh, in my life because I started uh, learning English uh, more uh, for myself and less as uh, like, oh, you have to do it. You know, you must learn a second language. You know, it wasn't pushed on me. Mm -hmm. So and I, I rather wanted to kind of discover new wor new words you know ex expand my uh, vocabulary you know and uh, i was always a fan of uh like playing video games in the original language you know which most of the time would be english mm. and uh since you know we didn't have any professional russian translations at the time you know whatever the uh pirates could give us it was yeah. always like a lackluster quality and uh, i really hated that um to the extent where i would just like okay well might as well just you know translate the game myself like little by little you know started picking up phrases here and there uh later it switched to movies uh, i was watching movies in the original language even with subtitles to begin with right because it's hard to pick up different accents and whatnot yeah. and then um um, it went to uh, uh, translating lyrics of the songs as well, of the bands that I really enjoyed. So you already mentioned several bands that you basically grew up. Are they some of the major influences of the music of Major Movement? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, Linkin Park would be uh, our biggest influence, I guess. Okay. Um, I also 
wear this t-shirt of a, a little less known band called Poets of the Fall. Okay. And uh, they are also an influence. Uh, they're a lesser known band in the States, but they're pretty big in Europe and in uh, England. They have a big following. They're uh, originally from Finland, I believe. Okay. And so they, they have to do some, they, they have something to do with the video games as well. So uh, we're going we're gonna to have to talk about that later as well. It's all linking in. <laughs> I, I know, mean... <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> You've had an incredible level of success already, just reading through your accolades uh, for the band. Um, is there any one particular thing that stands out the most for you or something that makes you the most proud personally? Um, well, out of those that I've already, we've already achieved, I guess, mm. well, we had uh, won the Lennon Award for one of the songs. Yep. And since my dad was a huge Beatle maniac, you know, and we actually traveled uh, to Liverpool with, with my parents and we went to uh, John Lennon's house, you know, the original house he lived in, which is now a, a national museum. Yeah. Um, Right, we were so lucky to get like we literally got the last tickets um, to to go in, and uh, you know that was a couple years before major moments started. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, to me, just just you know comes a full circle. You know, growing up listening to all those songs, and you know somebody who my dad adored, you know, basically idolized, and you know musically. Yeah. You know, from a personal standpoint, and uh, you know, to be awarded, to be recognized by uh, you know such a huge name associated with that award, it it really makes me so happy. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, so you cite video games, as you've mentioned already, as a major influence in your life, um, not just on your music. So, Definitely. what is your earliest? Um, memories of gaming you know when you try and think back and through the fuzz of life what right. still stands out well i remember everything pretty clearly you know yeah. like it was, wow yeah it was, it was uh, i started uh you know playing video games when i was like probably like five or six years old maybe maybe like probably seven right yeah. when, when i went to school my dad uh, bought me um, a clone of nas um, you know, as a gift, and it was like a luxury gift at the time because, mm. like, you know, very few kids in my school, you know, had a, a console, at least back then, you know. Yeah. I, I got stuck with that same console, and uh, other kids got uh, Sega and uh, <laughs> Super Nintendo, but, like, you know, I was the, the, the original <laughs> owner of uh, that uh, NES clone, and, uh, you know, I played through all of those... Uh, all of those games and, you know, I have memories of, you know, exchanging those little cartridges that we had, you know, with my friends and, you know, it was definitely a culture back then, but, you know, I'm so psyched about like how much of a culture it became nowadays mm. uh, because I, you know, I, I don't want to take all the credit, but I kind of saw it coming, <laughs> you know, like I kind of, <laughs> I kind of saw it becoming like the new form of uh, media, the new form of entertainment, like on a bigger level, like Hollywood level, mm. you know, and people were thinking like, this guy is like insane, you know, so, like, what, what is he saying? Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, well, one of the first memories I like probably would be, uh, grabbing uh, a Russian English dictionary uh, off the shelf uh, and uh, trying to translate some words in uh, Castlevania. Mm. I clearly remember uh, I tried to look up garlic. <laughs> there, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all the words. <laughs> so, you know, um, what what else was there? It's interesting to say Castlevania because it's, it's the... English translation itself wasn't that good. In, yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had I had no idea back back then, obviously, right? But <laughs> like later on, like I cu- caught up with all the jokes about it, you know, and uh, the other games as well. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's weird that you're mentioning it because you know if, if the English translation from Japanese is not that great, but in, in you know. Like, they had all the resources to do the proper translation, right? Like, can you imagine the Russian translations? Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. They were <laughs> bad. Bad, bad, bad. 
Oh, but it's still so. Castlevania is kind of your, I guess, your go-to early one. That if people point to you, go, "Well, what was the first game you ever played?" And you, you're gonna, you think Castlevania, really? I guess. Well, I, that's not definitely not the first game I played. I think the first ever game I played on NES was mm-hmm. probably Kung Fu or whatever it was called. The game where, yeah, I think it was called Kung Fu, was, right? Yeah. Right. But before then, uh, my father worked at the hospital. And like during some uh, downtime, you know, during some off hours, he would let me play, uh, you know, some video games that they have installed on their computers, work computers, you know, because it was was like such a huge deal. Like, oh, my God, these games, like, have you seen those games like Wolfenstein 3D? And uh, what else was there? Well, Doom was there, obviously, right? Mm. Prince of per- Prince of Persia was there. So that those uh, Ducktales and those are the, the only ones I remember from back then. That's brilliant. I mean, I thought you were going to say things like Minesweeper or Solitaire, but you. You're well, I don't consider. <laughs> I don't really consider them video games. You know, mm. like I consider video games something that has like a little more going on than just you know like a card game. Yeah. Of course, but still, yeah, that's incredible. So where did you go from there? So NES, was it always a progression? Uh, there was a little bit of, a, I guess, a, kind of a stagnation going on for years and years because I begged my parents to you know, buy me uh, new consoles, right? Mm. Because they, they were constantly evolving. But they also were more expensive, and the classic excuse of any parent would be like, "Well, why do you need another one? You already have one, right?" Yeah. <laughs> like, try try to explain the bits and and thirty two <laughs> bits and sixty four bits to somebody who's uh you know who who uh, who is a doctor, his yeah. whole life, right? So I well, miss- it's a little bit better, right? Mm. No, um, son, you already have one. Yeah. Yeah, it's always the oh uh, yeah, I completely relate to that. I grew up in a family with seven others so there was one console that was it and i love that you mentioned the bits because it's something you forget and generations that have come after both of us will never understand the days of the bit wars where you know the 32 the 16 the 64 the 128 and then we all just forgot about it (laughs) yeah exactly like right after i think dreamcast you know yeah yeah which is uh Which is actually like a a big milestone in uh, in my life. Uh, to uh, rewind a little bit, mm. so after after NES, like I was visiting my friends who would have like uh, you know G- Genesis, right, and uh, Super Nintendo. We we play would play Sonic and like Mortal Kombat and and you know those kind of games like classics, right. Um, and then uh, one of my buddies from school, he got. Uh, somebody brought him a PlayStation 1 from Japan. Okay. Like, that was like, you know, nobody has ever heard anything about this system in, in, in our in our town. You know, I'm not from Moscow. You know, I'm from a smaller town. So it's like all of those little bits of information were so scarce, you know. And uh, uh, he had a demo CD, uh, which had uh, a demo of Resident Evil on um and everything was in Japanese, of course. of course. He had no no memory cards, <laughs> so you know it was it was a lot of fun going through the same things over and over and over again, right? But I became such a huge fan of Resident Evil. Well, as you can tell, like I'm wearing the star's hat right now, right? Um, so that's probably you know my favorite game of all times right now, you know. And uh, it all started back in, I guess, late '90s, right when I. Um, visited this guy uh, who was like, "Hey, do you want to check out this thing?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, let's do it." And little do I know, right? I love All of that. I'm so cooked on this, right? Yeah, in your original email to us, you talked about PS One changing your life, and again, it's a generational thing. The importance of that console on a certain age, age group, and so on um, can't be understated. It changed everything, really. Yeah, absolutely. It did change everything. And, uh, you know, it brought uh, games to a new level of entertainment that that was really close to what you would call cinematic, especially with games like Metal Gear Solid, for example, right? And Final Fantasy, right? And Resident Evil. Um, Yeah, an incredible jump forward comparing to 
what was before that, you know, even N64 that I actually never played, you know, back in Russia. That was kind of an era that was missed. Um, and I switched right to PS1. Well, I didn't have a PS1, right? I was visiting my friends to mm -hmm. play PS1. But the next system that really changed my life was Dreamcast because that's officially like the next system that I owned. Okay. Um, yeah, so that was a long wait. <laughs> As yeah, it's a big gap there. And it's, it's a interesting. big gap right there, right? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, because it's interesting. Because the one you missed out as well, which for my side is kind of a big deal, um, is the Sega Saturn. Oh which... yeah, that that I completely missed out on that completely. Mm. Oh, it was probably for the best, considering <laughs> um, it didn't exactly have a catalogue of famous games in the end. And uh, but right. I I was lucky. I had an older brother who was working by the time the 32-bit consoles came around. So he was picking them up and uh, playing them that way. And mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. in in England, um, PS1s, while they were expensive, you could then get what we called a chipped PlayStation. Yes. Yeah, yes. You know this, okay. Oh, of course I do know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm from Russia. Like, what, what do you think? Like, we would buy, like, official, like, licensed games. Like, that would cost, like, $60 or something. Like, in, in Russian rubles, it would be, like, a crazy money. That yeah. would be something that somebody would make in, like, two weeks or something, oh you know? It's, God. like, ridiculous money. So nobody would ever spend that kind of money for any games, you know? Like, to buy a console, like... That was the big deal, you know. Games you would like, okay, well now I can kind of breathe a little bit. But to save up to to buy a console was a big deal for sure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely everything, absolutely everything was chipped. Like every single system I owned was chipped. So we just didn't have any alternatives, you know. Mm -hmm. Not because you know we were bad guys or like we didn't want to support developers or anything, you know. Just so is life. Right? Yeah, that's the thing. It's one of those where it was of a time. It's not something that happens nowadays. You, you're not doing that with your Xbox or your PlayStation 4 or anything like that. You can't, no, no. So. Right, right. Um, so from that era then, sticking to the important eras for you, the PlayStation, the Dreamcast, um, what were some of the games from those? You've already mentioned Resident Evil and Metal Gear Solid, but what else around, particularly the Dreamcast, because you haven't said anything about that, that really were important to you? Right, absolutely. So this is actually a very inter interesting point in my life uh, and in my career, I guess, that would that would later become a career, right? Mm. This is the, in, the place where uh, games uh, started intersecting with music somehow. Okay. Starting with uh, probably... Oh, I actually have something to show you guys. Start, starting with this thing right here. Tony does Hawk's. That look, does that look familiar to you? It does. It's Tony Hawk's <laughs> Pro Skater 2, eh? Right. <laughs> That's, uh, that, that, that game definitely introduced me to um, a lot of um, punk, a lot of rock bands. Like It has Rage Against the Machine. It has Papa Roach. It has Power Man 5000. Course. Like you name it, it's just you know the soundtrack is like phenomenal in itself, you know it's like classics right now and you know all those bands and uh, the game I I was I I played countless hours like I unlocked all the secrets like all the areas all the arenas you know all mm. new, new all the tricks you know me and my buddies would get together play like a competition style I guess you would call it you know. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that was one of them. Uh, another uh, game worth mentioning was this gem that uh, not everybody, not everybody's familiar with this. Surprisingly, right? But uh, that this is such a great game. You know, the soundtrack. I actually own uh, two versions of the soundtrack on CDs. Uh, I don't oh, know no why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I needed, but I felt like I did, uh, and. I, it's different covers, so that's a good reason. <laughs> right, right, right. And I love the soundtrack uh, to this game so much. And uh, it's mostly uh, Japanese DJs, right? Yeah, yeah. But it also, in American version, it has it had an edition of uh, Rob Zombie's <laughs> Dragula, right? And uh, Cold's uh, Just Got Wicked, which is uh, super interesting. Why okay. did they include... Uh, why did they include those two bands? But 
you know, this is how I found find, found out about Cold. Um, and the uh, interesting um, fact about this band is, like, I actually have a huge <laughs> history with about, like, a lot of stories about this band. <laughs> you know, I, I own a piano that was uh, owned by uh, Scooter Ward from, uh, the vocalist from Cold, you know, their uh, drummer Sam uh, did custom paintings for me, so I'm, like, a huge fan. You know, and it all started with the video game. Oh, wow. That's an incredible connection. Almost doesn't make sense how you get from that to this, particularly with just the soundtrack. <laughs> right, right. Like, I didn't I didn't have any idea, but, like, I loved uh, the song so much. It uh, pushed me to go online, like, at early stages of, like, dial-up internet in Russia, mm. you know, and look up, okay, where can I download, like you know, like a Russian Russian version of like Napster at the time, right? Oh, Where can right, I yeah. put like cold albums and whatnot, right? And so I started listening to that band, right? Like little little did I know. I mean I'm actually uh we are um opening for them. We are sharing the stage with them in April, uh, here in Rhode Island, which is a crazy big deal to me. You know Yeah, that's gotta feel great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they were featured in another video game on PS2 as well. Um, I think it's called PsyOps. Oh, I think I've heard uh, of that. Mindgate conspiracy, something like that. Yeah. Mm. So they had a they had a song and a and a music video done for this game. Mm. Uh, what else can I mention? Well, obviously, um, I cannot not mention this game right here, right? Um, well, of course. Right, and. Uh, yeah, that's that was just like another dimension of everything, you know, just another dimension of uh, entertainment, video gaming, you know, and like I would invite my parents, like I would be like, I don't know, 16, 17, I would call my parents like, look at this, look at this. They, they would not understand what's going on, on the screen because everything was in English, right? Like most of it, but, you know, like they were like, wow, this, this graphics is like something. This is like... Yeah. Yeah, because you 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 are talking with Shenmue, You're talking yeah at the time an incredible step up above anything that had been seen at that stage on a home console. Yeah, absolutely. And then so from this video game, I also have uh, a bunch of stories about this game, <laughs> right? Hell yeah. Um, so like I guess the biggest thing is uh, that I was lucky enough to meet uh, with the uh, Yu Suzuki. Um, in San Francisco, and we had a dinner as a part of uh, their Shenmue 3 uh, Kickstarter campaign. That was uh, probably four years ago or something. Mm. And, uh, you know, I supported the project, and one of the, uh, you know, one of the packages was you would get to meet up with Yu Suzuki, and, you know, you'd get to chat, and, like, he would give you some cool bonuses, like an artwork that was signed, you know, and, like, stuff like that. And uh, Shenmue 3 is now out, mm. right? Um, did you have a chance to play it? I have not played Shenmue 3 yet. No PS4 in my household. Because uh -huh. it's an exclusive, of course, to that. It's right. almost hard to believe, if that makes sense. So Absolutely does, yeah. Yeah. Um, as a person, again, like you, Shenmue Dreamcast, incredibly life-changing. Shenmue 2 another incredible experience and generally never thought in a million years this would happen but truth be told the the pre-stuff that came the trailers and all that were, were very underwhelming like for yeah. what i was i don't know it's hard to even say what did i expect it was well something that should I, never have happened <laughs> i think i feel you uh, on this one you know i, f I think we feel alike as mm. far as that goes because like we both understand and understood the importance and the ground groundbreaking results that, you know, Shenmue original one and the second one, um, you know, brought up and how they changed the whole industry around, yeah. right? So we expected, I guess, in a way that the third installment would do something along those lines as well, right? Like make it a new dimension yeah. of something, right? And that never happened, of course, but, you know, um, I guess the creators decided to go, you know, back to the back to the origins, and just as time just didn't go by, you know, mm -hmm. if if nothing has happened, and uh, yeah, I guess if, the, if we still had Dreamcast around, that would kind of make sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
it's kind of like you said um it's all good and proper being groundbreaking at a time when um when it was when nothing else was like that whereas modern gaming the the modern games with getch there there's so much that's gone above and beyond that i don't know shemu 3 couldn't really have done anything in regards to at least from my at least how i see it yeah, I finished it um, a couple of weeks ago. Actually, mm-hmm. um, you know, I didn't, I didn't just sit down and play throughout the whole game. Like I decided to take you know, little breaks here and there to mm-hmm. see how the progression happens, right? But uh, I guess the biggest problem I have with uh, with this game is uh, the story just does not develop all that much at all. Like okay. you know, as much as I hoped. For. Um, we're basically running around for, I don't know, 25, 30 hours, you know, doing some, you know, pretty boring, pretty useless stuff here and there, you know. feels like we're just wasting our time, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was hoping for, like, a big story change, you know, like a, a big um, development in the story. Yeah, a significant shift that feels... Right, yeah. absolutely. So you are still playing games now, then, in on modern consoles. It's, you're not solely focused on nostalgia. Uh, yeah, I am definitely kind of uh, less, much less than uh, in the past years, just because you know now more focusing on the music business mm. and all all aspects of that, um, which is a, you know which is unfortunate that I don't have that much time to play some some video games because right now there are some wonderful games are out you know like me and my wife sat down and played through like first 20 minutes of death stranding right okay and uh you know that's just you know everything is so cinematic like kojima is obviously a genius you know whether he's in konami or not in konami right Mm -hmm. and uh, i've been following his work like since metal gear solid came out right on ps1 yeah and through all of all of the games he was involved in, um, and uh, one of our favorite bands now, uh, which is Brain in the Horizon, mm-hmm. got to uh, do a you know a song as a soundtrack for Death Stranding as well, which is super cool. Which is an- another intersection uh, for video games and music, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, music video, as you said already, um, it's become such a cinematic experience on level with Hollywood movies. Yeah. So this no longer seems like such a strange thing. I mean, I wasn't actually aware that Bring Me the Horizon had done a song of Death Stranding. You saying it, it doesn't shock me. I'm just like, oh, okay. Right, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I watched some in- some of their interviews and like how they met with uh, Hideo Kojima. And, uh, you know, for, for them, it was also such a big deal. Like, you know, because they also are huge fans of uh, original Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid. Like... Um, you know, one of the, one of their uh, songs is called uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Shadow Moses, right? So that tells you something. It's a pretty so, pretty obvious link, <laughs> right? Right. And uh, yeah, that would be an amazing experience for our band uh, to also be included in the video game at some point in um, um, in our career. That would be a huge milestone. We kind of were included uh, in uh, part of that Shenmue 3 thing. Uh, a quote from one of our songs is yeah. uh, written in the guest book in, in the hotel. So that is a cool Easter egg. And uh, we obviously are named the special sponsor and credits. And uh, there's even a, a picture of me there on the, on the wall of fame, I guess, in one of the dojos. So so that's cool, right? We're kind of... We're kind of <laughs> faked our way in video game world right <laughs> it's a but, start <laughs> it is a start for sure right and it's like some people freak out when they tell them this like they're like oh my god it's such a huge deal like man how did it happen it is a cool story right but you know my like one of my goals i guess is to write a song specific to a video game that would be super cool you know i, I feel like i can definitely bring some experience to the table maybe to one of resident evil upcoming games who knows i would love to do that mm. yeah because you start automatically thinking well, what kind of game would fit and what would work but you'd be amazed how easily it would right right 
Well, so, this band, this band, Poets of the Fall, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the T-shirt I'm wearing. Their whole career just skyrocketed um, after uh, their song "Late Goodbye" was uh, the main theme of Max Payne 2. Um, and uh, that basically became the the start of their careers. You know. Oh really? Okay. And I I, be, I became a fan since since that game. Since I heard that song, I was instantly online searching for that that band's name you know like looking up their albums they only i think they they didn't even have an album back then and they came out with a, with their debut album um a couple months later which I, and you know ever since i've listened to all of those albums like they're great guys i've been to their show mm. um you know an amazing band so do you is that kind of the music you do like in video games do you prefer to hear artist songs or is there particular game soundtracks you know uh, original scores and stuff that you would highlight and go that stuff is just amazing well both actually mm-hmm. uh, you know something that uh, instantly comes to mind is i have a collection of uh, silent hill soundtracks over there okay yeah so that obviously yeah. final fantasy games were notoriously you know big for soundtracks you know those soundtracks uh from final fantasy seven eight ten like they're classics right um i'm shocked uh, i've got to say you just skipped one you skipped nine no way you know, you know what the thing is like i was never a fan of like disproportional bodies in video games like to me it, it meant like like I said, it, it it was something more than just games. To me, it had to be real, so I would buy it. You know, oh. so even final, so even Final Fantasy VII, like I didn't finish that one. Like I didn't play a lot. Like I I started a little bit, but it was kind of felt weird. Like I was I finished eight and ten, probably a couple times, mm. which are like not considered the greatest games of Final Fantasy world. Surprisingly, right? Like I'm I'm such an oddball. No, that's fascinating that. because. For me, it's the other way around. My I know. interest in Final Fantasy has always been uh, the more fantasy-based stuff. That's why, like for me, Nine is the, my favorite one of all of them, even over Seven, which is obviously tends to be considered the greatest of the great. Um, but your, your, how you describe your, what your taste is, I picture ten, eight, ten, I picture eight. It all makes sense. So does that mean even with the more modern stuff, you're more interested in that side of Final Fantasy? Yeah, absolutely, and like obviously, uh, Kingdom Hearts. I mm. love that game. Um, I think I, I finished the first one. I don't think I played the second one, and I definitely did not play the third one yet. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to that. Um, soundtrack from Kingdom Hearts obviously comes to mind. Mm. Um, what other games can I think of? Oh man. Um, well, Resident Evil, I always la- loved the, uh, you know, this, the, uh, the daunting, uh, dark themes, you know, a, a lot of, yes, orchestration, um, you know, strings there, uh, very the very save, stuff. Yeah, save room piano themes, um, yeah, wonderful stuff for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, well, help me out, which ones did, did you like? <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm, it's, you've already named some of the ones that kind of stick out. I mean, you talk about Resident Evil, um, but, uh, so Capcom, uh, or whoever yeah. the composer was during a period of time, so Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, 4, uh, Dino Crisis, mm-hmm. um, they we were able to put together, not just in-game, credible music, but one of the things I always noticed was the end credits. The end yeah, credit absolutely. themes of many of them. Uh, Resident Evil One had this very rocked-up, guitar-driven Rock, yes. thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. and some of them, like Resident Evil Three Nemesis, was a piano melody. Right. Um, right. And this stuff stuck with me for my life that they were so good at this, and that also they were putting this much effort in into an end credit song. Like, okay, what well, you're at the end of the game, does it really matter? Right, exactly. We want just, you to remember. Right, right the end, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just that stuff. And you mentioned Silent Hill, um, Silent Hill soundtracks, and Silent Hill 2 in particular. Absolutely, uh, that's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, mm. yeah. Laura's theme, yeah, that's yeah. just brilliant stuff, yeah. And it's a funny thing, I didn't play Silent Hill 2 until about five years ago. 
Um, mm-hmm. There's a big period, similar to you in a way, there's a period of my life where um, video games just didn't happen for whatever reason. And it's about a year into the PS2 and not until the first year of the Xbox 360. That gap mm-hmm. there, so... Um, yeah, so a lot of things kind of just passed me by. But um, modern stuff as well, like modern soundtracks. I don't know if you know of a game called Thomas Was Alone. I heard of it. I mm. heard of it. It's like the last couple of years, it's probably the most minimalistic game that's ever had such an impression of me. Right, the, right, 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 right. The composer, yeah. mm-hmm. David Housden, he does incredible, credible work. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, do you still would you consider yourself more of a nostalgic gamer in in regards to that like if if you were going to sit down and you've got a couple of hours to spare where there's nothing going on and you can play a game are you more likely to put on uh, an old game or something more modern oh that's a good question <laughs> uh that's a tricky one i don't know because i might do either to be honest, com- to be completely honest, you know, it's uh, it, it's a gamble. Like whatever mood I'm in, I guess, you know, I'm, you know, e- e- there's an equal chance of me dusting off uh, Dreamcast, you yeah. know, and, and putting Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 in there, right? Then, you know, just browsing through uh, PlayStation Store and finding, oh, I've I've heard of this game, you know, I definitely need to uh, to download it. Um, yeah by the way uh going back to to that band again right it's and it's not like they they paid me to promote them or anything besides max Payne 2 they were also in alan wake right which was a great game like they're they're buddies with remedy and uh, a new game came out and i haven't had a chance to play it yet called control and they wrote the song specifically for that one as well so control would probably be one of those games that i would uh definitely download and play from the new ones, uh, well, I finished uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake, obviously, I had to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, save some time for that. It also took me, like, two weeks or something to finish one campaign, just because, like, I was, you know, so short on time, on free time. It's like playing 20 minutes here and there, you know, just, but, you know, it's everything that I dreamt of, I guess, you know, mm. it's everything that I imagined back in 1998, like, how it would, that's exactly how it would look like to me looking at those pixels and polygons you know and like oh i see a real person there like i see you know something more behind it it certainly set the bar for remakes now hasn't it oh yeah oh yeah uh the three is coming Mm -hmm. uh nemesis is coming up right that's that's in april 3rd i believe which is like right around the corner yeah and uh heard rumors of dino crisis making a return as well Yep, that is supposed to be the rumor. I, I, those rumors drive me crazy. The latest one I read <laughs> last week was that um, I can't remember who it was, but uh, Skies. Do you know Skies of Arcadia? Of course, yes, I did finish that one. Yeah, so Skies of Arcadia would be the next one to apparently uh-huh. get the remake treatment from the Dreamcast, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> yep, absolutely. You know, there were rumors. Of so many remakes and like so many did not happen, you know. Just you don't, you never know what to believe. No, absolutely. Uh, you know what? Another another game uh, I just remembered about. Like since uh, it seems like both of us are like heavily invested into in horror games, yes. right? A Clock Tower. That was a that was a, a gem of a game. I don't know if you played it or not. It rings a bell. I can't remember. My earliest sort of horror game thing is Manic Mansion, although that was more of a... On the NES, I think that was. Right. Yeah, it's more of a point-and-click um, LucasArts, that that's, thing. That's very, that, that's very similar, actually, to that, to that game. It's, it's also point-and-click, and, click, and uh, it's uh, based around the story that, of, about a maniac with a giant pair of scissors, believe it or not. And uh, so, he's, <laughs> so you gotta, you got to run from, from this guy. <laughs> Uh, for your life, uh, very interesting game. You know, very different from Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. So check it out when you have a chance. I'm sure you're gonna like it. You know, definitely has its own style. You know, it has this, you know, raw Japanese horror style, like you know the original like Ring movie, for example, okay, right? Yeah. yeah. So why do you game? Is it like stress relief, relaxation, or something else? 
it's it's everything to be honest with you. It's like such a such a part of my life at this point. Uh, you know, it's just like why do people watch movies? Well, it's everything, right? So it's a form of entertainment. Like you go there to kind of you know let your mind to rest a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, not to worry about your daily stuff and get submerged into this fantasy world or whatnot, or you know just become a part, feel feel yourself a part, a character in some other, in somebody else's life, yeah. right? Because we always associate ourselves one way or another with what's going on on the screen, right? Whether it's a movie or a video game, with the plus, uh, I guess the the, um, the good side about uh, video games, you, you can actually take control of yeah. the character and you kind of can uh, direct the movie yourself, like which way you want to go. So, it's everything exploration of different themes inspiration um you know like uh, one song of ours was kind of inspired by a movie interstellar and its soundtrack orchestration of one of our songs uh, in okay. particular you know and uh you know I, I kind of wanted that feel to the song as well and so you know if i wanted to get inspired or write a song that is similar to you know, similar in a way to the feel I, I that I feel, to the way I feel about things when I play like Resident Evil or Final Fantasy, I would definitely just, you know, start playing those games again and, you know, get um, invested in them uh, emotionally and, and see what that brings me. Okay, okay. That's, that's, yeah, I mean, I think particularly more than now than any day, everyone gets something different from it. Um do you consider it an art form? It's a debate that's been raging for many years now. Is gaming an art form or not? What are yeah, your it, thoughts? It's interesting that you brought it up because <laughs> back in college, and I studied law in Russia for four years. Okay. Uh, believe it or not, right? Uh, another odd fact about me. <laughs> um, so uh, there, there's a subject called rhetorics, right? And And so we had to write a paper about any subject whatsoever that would be kind of uh, controversial. So I wrote a paper that was basically uh, called something along the lines of uh, video games, uh, a waste of time or a new form of entertainment. Okay. And so, you know, I I, I was trying to make a point that, uh, you know, video games are becoming such a, such an art form uh, that they are now competing with, uh, Hollywood movies and the best written books, mm-hmm. you know, the classics, because, the, the, you know, the, the amount of detail that goes into creating those worlds is just, like, beyond belief, you know? Like, if you go and read the script of uh, any video game, any modern video game, like, starting from, like, I don't know, PlayStation 1 or 2 era, like, if yeah. you try to download a script to Metal Gear Solid 1, Right, it'll be probably as as big as any Hollywood movie script, yeah. right? If not bigger <laughs> than that, right? Like with all the details and all the characters and all the specifics about that. Mm. So, um, yeah, and uh, that that paper, I I wrote that paper one. Um, I I think it was in probably two thousand three four. So it was like PlayStation two era already. So I was definitely onto something here, you know. Like yeah. I was, I was definitely not not crazy, you know. And uh, games like, well, Metal Gear Solid Two came out, right? Like I played through Final Fantasy X. It was a, a great game to me, very inspirational, love story, you know. Um, yeah. Another one that comes to mind is uh, Fahrenheit, uh, or it was called Indigo Prophecy as well. Okay. Uh, so that that game. Um, that game is by a creator who later did uh, Heavy Rain, uh, oh. whose name escape, escapes me at the moment, uh, who's a French uh, game designer. Mm. And so uh, uh, Indigo Prophecy or uh, Fahrenheit, uh, I guess the name depended on the market, whether you were like from Europe or American, like they decided to go just like with Resident Evil Biohazard. Of course, yeah. Know, to avoid some legal issues or something, right? So that game featured soundtrack by Theory of a Dead Man that I also got into uh, after the game, you know? Like I, 
kind of dislike their later albums, but that album that the songs were from okay. uh, re- really is a good album. You know, I really like that one. So, if you could make a sequel to any standalone game that you played in the past, what would you choose? <laughs> well, I did. I already cho- chose that. That was Shenmue Three. Right? <laughs> I, ki- I kind of wish that they uh, did the sequel in the way that I imagined it, right? Um, but that did not happen. Mm. So mm, think of a game. Yeah, it's a bit of a stumper. A one game that just one game that's never had a sequel. It's actually really hard. <laughs> when I wrote it down, I was like, I can't even think of one. Because most games get sequels. I love those questions, right? Most of them do, especially uh, (laughs) successful ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And you mean like the game that has never had sequels or... Just one that's never had a sequel. A standalone game was a one-time only thing. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough one. Well, if it comes to mind, we'll come back to it. What about then this right. one? If you could scrub any game from your memory so that you could play it again with fresh eyes, what would you choose? I have a funny feeling I know the answer. Bear in mind, we've been talking for nearly 50 minutes, but you know, <laughs> okay. <you> give it. <laughs> Go ahead, surprise me. Um, I'd imagine it might be Resident Evil. That is true, actually. <laughs> I, I think in a way that did happen because it, it, it's almost as if uh, Resident Evil 2 original was scrapped uh, scrapped from my memory right when I played the remake and you know I kind of got to relieve all of that in a very new way you know well I, I gotta jump in and ask that so then when did you play did you play the Resident Evil original remake that was released on the GameCube and oh, then later course, on yeah. Um, oh yeah how did you find that difference because th- again that's that that's a massive yeah. change that uh, is a massive change and I mm. loved it you mm. know I loved it and uh, that was actually the first system after Dreamcast that I bought. Oh, no, I, I had a PS2 after Dreamcast. So after PS2, um, on my first trip to, uh, to the States, which was in 2005, I bought GameCube at mm-hmm. uh, GameStop, right? And I bought uh, Resident Evil 0, Resident Evil 1, and Resident Evil 4, of course, and, and the Metal Gear Solid remake as well. Of course. So, Right, so so that, that one was great, right? Mm. And I, I played through all of them, and I, I loved those games, you know. Like, I just couldn't get enough, and the graphics were so, you know, freaking amazing, especially on, on the uh, remakes of uh, on the remake of Resident Evil. Just, you know, mind-blowing what they were able to accomplish. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, to me, it's, it's before Resident Evil 2 remake, it was the epitome of what a great remake was, but i got to go back to you. Now you've just reminded me. And it's funny enough, about a month ago, I was talking to my brother about it. Why is it, do you think, right, that so everyone acknowledges the Resident Evil remake, fantastic, but no mm-hmm. one ever mentions the Metal Gear remake? Why on earth is that? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, my friend. Like, honestly, I think it's a great remake. Yeah. And, you know, I maybe, you know what, like, maybe it was a little bit too close to the original, like very close to the original. It was almost almost like the scenes were also shot with the same angles as well. Mm. Like they, they literally tried to go more for like a high-end remaster than a remake, I think. You know, that that, that would be my guess. It's, because with uh, original, uh, with Resident Evil remake, there were quite significant changes there. They were added uh like an added extra boss and an added uh enemies and they new did, locations did, did yeah new locations crimson head zombies right that you had to burn like they had the whole basically they they had 70 percent of a new game you know mm-hmm. they just left the core idea of resident evil and uh kind of play around played around with it just like did a remix on that yeah right uh yeah, with yeah. metal gear Solid, i feel like it was very close to the original yeah I think uh, you which nailed it. Not, not to say that it was a bad, badly done remake. You know, I loved it. You know, and I'll, I'll play it tonight if I could, if I had a GameCube, <laughs> I guess. So, continuing the sort of theme about what you like and what you don't like, what about, um, is there a specific genre, a type of game that um, you just can't really get on with, that you just don't really like playing? 
Uh, yes. There, there's, there's a few actually. I'm not, I'm not huge into role-playing games. Uh, aside from probably Final Fantasy mm-hmm. and, like I mentioned, Sky, Skies of Arcadia. Right? It just, you know, I, I get easily lost in like the world is like so much bigger than me. Like, where do I even start to explore? Right? Like, it feels like those kind of games they, they require a much heavier investment emotionally and a lot of time. Okay. on your hand because they, they tend to if like we're talking about single player player games right like an action adventure game uh, a single player campaign could be like 20 30 hours right mm-hmm. uh something like a role-playing game could be like a hundred plus easily easily, yeah. easily right so was never into those kind of games um what else um I don't know, like golf, <laughs> yes. like or pool, <laughs> pool simulators. I don't know, maybe not my thing. You know, I'm actually talking to you as I'm sitting in front of a real life pool table right here. Okay, yes. it's a bit different to having the pool at home to playing it in a game. Right, like why would I? Why would I do that? Right? No, I don't, um, know. I don't know. What what kind of what kind of games do, do are you not into? Um, well. Mostly racing, I think. Most racing games, I find myself getting fairly turned off by that stuff. Um, and the only ones I do enjoy are the ones that are more on the cartoony, uh, carting games and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, Mario mm-hmm. Karts and stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, you know, I've got a Nintendo Switch and uh, I love it. It's a lovely little uh, machine. But, yeah. um, you know, where, oh, going back to the PS1, where everyone was going nuts for Gran Turismo. Right. And, um, oh, what's it called? Ridge Racer. Right. I just couldn't enjoy them. I don't, I've, I've, not, I've never had an interest in cars. So the idea of driving a car that's realistic and stuff like that just isn't really mm-hmm. for me at all. You know, let me throw banana skin. That's much more fun. <laughs> that's hilarious. Now, for, for me, it was a little bit different, I guess, when it comes to racing games, specifically like Gran Turismo um, was you know kind of a big deal you know when it came out especially on ps2 that was like one of the most realistic looking games driving games ever uh so i really i would i would just like put it on the demo mode and just sit and watch Mm. you know it's like wow this is so cool you know but I, i was never like into racing or like all that much but some games like need for speed for example yeah. right um, like what was it underground had a phenomenal soundtrack as well uh, Gran Turismo had a cool intro soundtrack. Mm. Um, what was the band? Uh, my favorite game, right? Was it uh, not not Cranberries? I think it was. What was it? Uh, Garbage, right? Garbage. Okay, yeah. Shirley Manson. I think so. Yeah, I think mm. so. Yeah. And uh, later on, um, I got into on Dreamcast. There was a game called Metropolis Street Racing. Okay. That later later became um, Project Gotham on Xbox, and yes. later on that became Forza Motorsport. Oh, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So th- those games kind of uh, I hold dear to my heart, especially like Project Gotham Racing. Like they had uh, an incredible like radio thing going. You know, that's what, that was one of the first games, I guess, aside from GTA. That had like a, its own radio, and like what what's really important to me that you know some of Russian artists were in the game, like officially, like there was a um, I guess a track that was uh, like a racing track that was happening in Saint Petersburg or Moscow. I don't exactly remember mm-hmm. which city it was, but like there was a Russian radio, and it was like wow, what the what's going on? Like it's a Russian radio in an American game. It's like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it mattered to me all that much. Yeah, you kind of at a stage, the Cold War is done, the Iron Curtain's down, everyone's getting along now. <laughs> you can have the music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, again, sticking to the theme of what we've been doing here, um, what about a remake then? Bear, what game that hasn't been done yet uh-huh. that you adore would you love to see a. We're talking full on remake here, here as well, not a remaster. Oh, okay. Oh, now we're talking about the remake, right? Mm. Okay. So that could be easier because that game, Clock Tower, ah. uh, I think I would love to see a remake of that because it definitely had a lot of potential. It, it, it was poorly done uh, on PS1 on, on such a low budget. 
but I feel like the atmosphere was what was holding it all together. And you know, that to me is very important. Um, I guess it kind of it was kind of boring to say things like Silent Hill 2 because you know it still holds up to pretty 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 well. Yeah. You know, even by today's standards, it's you know it's a well looking video game. You know. Um, yeah. Still. So I think we probably have to go like to uh, back to. PlayStation 1 era. Well, Final Fantasy 7 gets a remake, right? Yep. So now I have to ask for Final Fantasy 8 remake as well, because that was one of my... Uh, probably never going to happen, though, because that was not a well-received game by fans. Neither was 10. So two of my uh, favorite games in, in the series, um, probably never going to see... The, the remakes of them probably never going to see the, day of light, uh, the, day of, uh, the Light of Day. Oh, I'd be amazed particularly I'd, I'd see them doing 10 more than they would eight um yeah but even that seems impossible yeah it seems impossible to me yeah maybe another sure. 20 years down the line 20 years yeah, could nostalgic. Be. right 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 so would how do you feel this is a what this is a broad question but see how you do about how do you feel about the current state of gaming and the issues that are kind of arising and are becoming more public be it loot boxes gambling mm. Uh, the mobile market and so on. Right, I'm I'm kind of not a huge fan of those ways to like milk the gamer. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we didn't have any of that back in like PlayStation Dreamcast era, right? Like no. games could not have been patched to begin with, right? Mm. Like you don't you download the game right now, right? Instantly there's a patch available, right? Yeah. Like so, I, I feel like. Uh, you know, developers try to push the game out so fast that, you know, they almost like half-ass some of the things, you know, in, in just because they can't patch yeah. it later, can yeah. fix it later. Like, uh, let gamers play for a couple of weeks and complain to us in forums and then we're going to read and, you know, just yeah. kind of have a expanded uh, quality assurance team there, beta testers, right, who is now gamers. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't normally purchase a lot of DLCs and whatnot, right? I guess uh, the the, la- the last game I was kind of heavy on DLC purchases was Rocksmith. Oh, right. Uh, and that was way before Major Moment as well. So that was the origin of me, like, rocking the guitar, I guess, you know, learning to play guitar. It was a fun game. Yeah. I really, really loved and appreciated the idea that, that it's kind of a hybrid of uh, a learning experience of a real instrument. You don't, you're not, you know, you're not making a fool of yourself yeah. like playing, you know, five color buttons and yeah. uh, <laughs> guitar hero. Yeah, on guitar hero. Nothing against that. I've done that. You know, it's fun for fun. But like, if you like, I always wanted something more, and like Rocksmith was exactly what I wanted. You mm-hmm. know, like such a great experience you plug in your guitar to a video game like how crazy is that it's like it's insane mm-hmm. and you can learn all the songs that you want like as 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 is a in a game format this yeah. is like definitely a new way of like learning experiences and like i wish there there's more of that you know not sure how popular those games you know are nowadays like i haven't heard anything about Rocksmith since like the last game that came out in like 2014 I believe yeah it was that oversaturization where there was just so many of them in a short amount of time um, blame Guitar Hero for that it was so many and then they were doing individual ones Guitar Hero Metallica Guitar Hero yeah, 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 yeah the and, Beatles uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Rocksmith maybe just came at a, a bad time when that uh, yeah Absolutely. Just too much because there was another one. Oh, Rock Band. That was it. Yeah, Rock, rock band. band. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Right. But um, I felt like rock, Rocksmith was definitely like a step forward comparing to those games because it allowed like for. And I did play. Um, I had I had an electric drum set that I could connect to my Xbox mm. and play um, Rock Band. And I played a couple Green Day songs. I learned a couple Green Day songs on my real drum set that I could probably still play today. Okay. You know, I still remember how it goes. Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, it was fun. Like, the definitely, the learning curve becomes so much smoother 
like to uh, to get familiar with the instrument yeah. than just sitting in front of a book, for example, trying to figure out all the scales and all that, right? Hopefully, if it did that, not just for you, but for others as well, and encouraged um, people who had never thought about it before to pick up a guitar or hit the drums, then I guess it did something good. Yeah, absolutely. What about mobile games? Do you play much? Oh, not at all. I mm. think the only games, aside from Angry Birds, right, or like later Flappy Bird or whatever, that <laughs> I I just downloaded it for fun, right? But some people get really like obsessed with, with those games, right? Yeah. And Angry Birds became like a phenomenon, right? Like that is like a multi-million-dollar industry, mm-hmm. like plush toys, like licensed everything. It's crazy to think, and it still happens to this day. Like the games are, I don't know, over ten years old, right? Yeah, yeah. It still lives on. Um, but the majority of the games I have on my iPhone right now, and I, mind you, I don't play them. Uh, they're like the old school games. They're like Tony Hawk, Jet Set Radio, like all of those games, you know. Um, Perfect place for so, it. The fact they're even available on your phone is incredible right that's crazy that's crazy to think yeah but like one of my buddies he uh constantly he has an android phone so he he's uh he's all set for retro gaming right he gets all all sorts of emulation going uh dreamcast even playstation you know like all the games he, he sends me screenshots once in a while like hey check this out like, this is so cool like i'm playing this old school game that we played mm. together on my phone you know just incredible so, well, we're going to wrap up now, and I guess it's a really straightforward one in the sense that just a kid comes up to you and they basically want want you to give them a brief overview of the history of gaming within a couple of physical copies that you can give them. So you've got five, just five, oh. five games across the entire history of your life that you could choose and go, okay, young young kid, here's what you should play. <laughs> Well, see, see the thing about this, which is tricky, mm-hmm. and we have, to, we have to dedicate a couple of minutes discussing this, is if I give them something that it's so outdated that it kind of, it kind of becomes unattractive to them. You know, it's... Let's remove that. Let's presume... <laughs> let's, yeah, let's remove that issue. Let's do the okay. presumption that every game you choose will have some appeal. It's not about age or uh, graphical capability or that... Okay, five <laughs> games. Wow, yeah. man. Seriously, though? Oh, five games. Mm. Uh, yeah, it would be probably closer to 10 or 20. But it would let's, be, yeah. Let's think of five. Uh, well, obviously, Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd probably place Resident Evil 2 there. Um, Final Fantasy X. Cool. So that's two. Yep. Right. Uh, well, just just for the sake of it, Rocksmith. Okay. That yeah. Would be three, because you know that's that's more than a game. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's already some nice variety. Right. Shenmue would be four. Um. Well, I guess. Uh, well, I guess Jet Grind Radio or Jet Set Radio, mm. right? Yeah, that 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 is definitely something, something else. You know, it's like a a mix of what you love about anime and what you love about comics yeah. and what you love about adventure games and what you love about sports games as well and what you love about music. So, to me, that that kind of makes sense. You know, I, like it's it's very basic starter pack. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a very basic starter pack. Like, I, I would definitely, you know, expand and start all the way back from Tetris or something, yeah. you know, to, you know, if I wanted to go all the way on the memory lane adventure trip. Yeah, we'd be going all the way back to hit what would, you'd have, oh, you haven't got a Mario game a day, you don't have a Sonic game. <laughs> it, it is a yeah. wide and open field. Um, it's kind of, it's just a variation on that, oh, Someone asks you what metal means. Give the person three albums, and you're supposed to come with three yeah, albums exactly. to sum up the entirety exactly. of metal. Yeah, <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. 
Okay, we're going to wrap this up with a last one then, which is basically what does the rest of 2020 look like for Major Moment? What big plans do you have in the work? All right, well, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll start with uh, saying that I'm looking forward to a couple of games mm -hmm. to play, Great. which would be Resident Evil 3 uh -huh. and be uh, The Last of Us Part 2, which is also one of my favorite games of all time, right? Um, I've been admiring and, that. Uh, it was very pretty. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, thank you. That that was uh, that was a special <laughs> gift from one of my friends. Uh, he ordered from somebody who custom made it themselves, so it's not like a factory made thing. Like Incredible. you know, really wanted to sh show it off. Mm. Uh, as far as the band goes, uh, we're working. We're probably, I would say, wrapping up uh, work uh, our work on four new singles. Mm -hmm that I'm very excited about. They're very much different from what we've done in the past. And uh, evolution is what I always wanted uh, for myself, for music, for video games, for everything. Mm. Uh, we are we just released a brand new music video. So check it out. It's out there on YouTube. It's called Mail of Scars. Um, we are working on new music videos. We are playing a festival uh, later this summer, and one of the bands uh, from uh, <laughs> from this soundtrack, uh, naming specifically Powerman 5000, <laughs> is actually going to be sharing the stage with us, which is crazy, right? We are sharing the stage with Cold um, in a couple months, mm. so we're playing some shows. I don't know. I would I would love to explore a possibility of getting some of our songs and one of the video games I love and adore. Uh, maybe this year it was Bring Me the Horizon, maybe next year it's going to be a major moment. Yes. And I guess as well you'd also, if the opportunity arose, um, probably like to stretch your legs in and around Europe, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just the opportunity arises, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you got to dream dream about it for it to happen, you know? Still this is This is... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is the story of my life. You know, if I wasn't a dreamer back when I was playing NES, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. It's incredible. Andre, thank you very, very much for... Carl, it was a, such a pleasure. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate you having me. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on GBHBell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there, that's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL, as well as Big Cartel, where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal, what else is life for? <laughs>